Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing episode. Very excited this week because we have Andy McMillan, the CEO of User Testing, and we're going to be talking all about customer experience today. Before we get started, a couple of quick announcements, and that is, number one, if you've got a story you want to tell or a question you want to ask, you can reach out to any of my social media channels. You know where they are. You know how to reach me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I'm there. If you're there, we'll probably see each other. Also, if uh, you have any questions you'd like me to answer on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, we're always looking for good topics to just talk about and share relevant information. You can find that TV show on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku. And now we've actually put it on YouTube. All you need to do is go to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. All right, let's get into the interview. Andy McMillan is the CEO of User Testing, and he's been in this industry, and uh, specifically the SaaS industry, for about 20 years. And he worked at Oracle. He worked at Salesforce. This guy knows what he's doing. And you know what else? He's a hockey fan. Unfortunately, not the team that I would want to play for. Uh, as I look at him during this interview, he is wearing a Detroit Red Wings hat. Now, I don't think he realized that I'm a St. Louis Blues fan. And at one time, uh, St. Louis would always compete against Detroit as a rivalry to get into the Stanley Cup. And up until just last year, Detroit would usually win that rivalry. But now we are the latest Stanley Cup champions. That's the St. Louis Blues. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Always good to be on a, on a fun program and especially with another hockey player. So uh, looking forward to the conversation. So Andy, how often are you playing now? Uh, well, before the COVID situation, I was playing about twice a week. Um, right now, we're trying to figure out how to get some guys together and in line with all the rules to get back on the ice. But uh, I think it's a good way to get out and, and get some energy out. I love the new rules. The new rules say you're not allowed to touch each other. Matter of fact, you're supposed to stay six week, six feet away from each other, which means I'm out of reach of the guys that like to hook me. And uh, I'd be able to skate around people now without getting bumped. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I've uh, I've always been an offensively minded defenseman, so maybe I've been staying six feet away from people accidentally, anyways, on defense. So we'll see. Well, that's good. Well, hey, let's jump into this. Share a little background on yourself and and about you know user testing. What do we do here? Sure. Yes, my background, as you mentioned, I've been in the SaaS industry a long time. I came up through the technical ranks. I was a programmer, then a product manager. I moved into the cloud world with with Salesforce. Uh, but really, my passion is in customer experience. How do we actually bring technology to bear on the problems that we all care about and how people interact with technology? And so about two years ago, a little more than two years ago, I joined user testing as the CEO. So I'm, I'm not the founder. I, I joined the company. It was about 10 years old when I joined it, really on a mission to try to bring the perspective of different users and, and more and more people into the technology creation process. And I think that's a really important part of how we build technology. And it's been quite a fun ride uh, joining the organization and kind of helping it scale. So user testing, the word testing, share why that's important. Yeah, I think um, some people will confuse it with what folks in the industry will call functional testing, which is, does it work? You know, does the page render, does, does the technology work? We're actually about 
how does it work for the user? You know, not just does it technically work, but does it meet the need? Do people like it when they use it? How do people feel when they interact with the app, the website, whatever the solution might be? So user testing is really the practice of observing people using your technology, observing people using your service and understanding how they feel. Does it really meet the need? And then adapting your product to meet that need. So that is why customer experience plays such an important role and not just your company because you're, you're helping other companies achieve a better experience through, for lack of a better term, their testing of how it's working with their customers. So let's jump into, uh, I, I have this line in, in my, I, you know, I do a pretty good bit of homework, but here, here's the line. Brands are not selling, just selling products or services. They're selling experiences. That's why the entire customer journey is so important from start to finish. So let's start there. And uh, well, we're going to start there. We'll finish later. <laughs> sure. That sounds great. <laughs> start to finish. Yeah. Well, I, I think the point there is that um, maybe 10 years ago when all this digital disruption or digital transformation started, everybody thought it was a technology problem. You know, I need to build an app or build a website. The reality is the tech is maybe it's hard, but it's not that hard. You can stand something up in one of the cloud service providers and it will scale. You can put your app on the app store for the different mobile phone providers and it will get distributed around the world. The challenge is, what's that experience like? Do your customers feel like your brand comes through in those touch points? Do they feel like whether I'm dealing with you in person or I'm dealing with you on an app or on a website or in any other channel, that it feels like that company, right? That that's why people have brand loyalty. It's, it's not technology loyalty, it's brand loyalty. I want to yeah. know that it feels like I'm dealing with whether it's my bank or my coffee shop or a retail outlet or my car dealership, whatever that brand might be, that affinity matters and it matters through that entire experience. And I think that's where the technology disruption has been really hard for companies to get right, more so than just the implementation. Yeah, people ask me in some of the interviews where I'm the person being interviewed, they, they'll say, what's changed in the last 10 years? And they don't like my answer because the answer is really nothing has changed. Because if you look at what you want your outcome to be, it's the same outcome you wanted 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And that is you want the customer to walk away happy. You want them to be happy to the point where they want to come back and do business with you instead of someone else. Now, what has changed, and you referenced this in just a moment ago, is the technology that gets you to that happy spot. And uh, still today, people do the traditional pick up the phone and make the call. It's still about uh, almost uh, depending on what stats and facts. And we just did our recent survey. But let's say it's more than 50% still pick up the phone. Not every time, though. And then the, there's a whole group of the population that never picks up the phone. They still want the same result, though. They want their questions answered and, and uh, all of these digital channels. So what do you, I mean, what do you recommend? What should, we, what should we be thinking about? I think the things that we talk to customers about, number one is, is listening, right? So if you want to have a customer-centric business model, you have to have a customer at the center of that business model. Technology, again, doesn't replace that. I think it was uh, Peter Drucker who said the, business, the purpose of a business is to, is to find and maintain a customer. And mm -hmm. that hasn't really changed with the tech, to your point. And so I think what we talk to companies about is through all these new touch points that are emerging – what are you doing to bring the customer into the process of understanding what that touch point looks like and ensuring it kind of matches with the brand experience that you're trying to drive? And yeah. this has actually gotten harder because 
in some ways, the technology has disintermediated that customer relationship. Think of how many businesses now hardly ever actually talk to a real customer. And if you're replacing your real customer with data, well, you're really putting customer data at the center of your business, not the customer themselves. And I think that's where things can get really dicey. Yeah, I think the risk is you become a commodity really quickly. And uh, when you commoditize, it's because there's no emotional connection. And I, I'm going to the point where, and, and I just came up with this idea the other day, I was talking to a client and they're in the whole support center world and they're sending all of their people out remotely. And now these people are really in their own. And by the way, a good percentage of customer service reps and agents were already working remotely, but not a large, it's large by you know, comparison to other industries, but still 80% of the people were working from a building with colleagues. And now you're putting them into an isolated environment and maybe there's a connection with others and maybe there's not. And you risk turning the job into a commodity, the same as when you digitize an experience and there's no more connection with the human, you risk commoditizing your business. Somehow or another, Amazon has crossed the threshold to create a, a level of confidence, which means we you know people love Amazon because they're so easy. Uh, they, you know, you always know what's going on. They, they create this confidence about it and this ease of doing business. That's enough of an emotional connection to get people excited about doing business with them. There's a point, and I know we're coming up on about when we want to take a break, but I'm going to take a risk. Even if we go a little bit long, I like this point that you made in our pre-work. You use the example of a coffee shop at the local, you know, at the local level, the down the street, local coffee shop. Maybe it's right around the corner from your office but they don't have the same technology uh, for ordering online and picking up like a Starbucks might have. Even though you enjoy that local coffee shop, you tend to take the easier route and go to Starbucks. Not that there's anything wrong with Starbucks, we love Starbucks, but that, that was a great example of, hey, they're just easier to do business with and that's what makes the choice today for you. Or maybe that's not right. You, but in general, no, that's right. I, I do do that. I, I uh, Starbucks is a great customer of ours, actually. And we, my my daughter and I, she's three. We go and pick up a coffee every morning for my wife and I. And Start we order that little ahead kid of time. on the caffeine, nice and that's early. Right. Is that that's right? No, no. She she's just <laughs> along for the ride. But yes, that's right. That's right. But we go in and we pick up a coffee for my wife and I. It's a nice time for us to spend together. But we mobile order it. I don't have to worry about getting there and standing in line with a three year old in my arms. Right. We walk in. We pick the coffees up. It's great. Uh, there's a nice coffee shop across the street that I used to go to all the time before the mobile ordering really took off. And my um, point that I make is that, number one, that convenience is great from, from the Starbucks experience. And if that local shop is going to compete with that experience, number one, they need to have similar kind of technology, but they also need to do it on brand. What are they doing that makes that experience feel like the local coffee shop? I don't mm. want it to just feel like the Starbucks experience. That's a different experience, right? And, and a very successful one, but it's got to be on brand. And that's where I think it's important for companies to think about not just the technology, but how are you applying the technology in a way that, that matches what your business is trying to accomplish and how your customers feel and build loyalty with you as a company. Right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want you to think about how does the local coffee shop use a digital experience and still maintain that feel of, of connection with their customer. Don't go away. We're coming right back with Andy McMillan, the CEO of User Testing, and we're going to talk about everything related to customer experience. This is Chef Hyken on Amazing Business Radio, and we will be right back. 
Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Andy McMillan, the CEO of User Testing. We were talking about the coffee shop, the local coffee shop. And one of the things I think is difficult is... When you start to get into technology, you might lose the connection. We've already mentioned that, but you also might lose your identity. I mentioned the word commoditizing your own business. How can a company maintain their identity and still go digital like this? I think part of it is knowing what that identity is, and and maybe not just as you perceive it, but as your customers perceive it, right? By really asking those questions. The local coffee shop I was mentioning earlier uh, is run by this guy named Dave and he's into blues and you go into the cafe and there's like really cool music on all the time and everybody who comes in seems to know him. If that was going to be your mobile app, you need to bring Dave into the mobile app. Like it needs to sound and feel like Dave. It needs to talk about our local community and the fact that he hosts our dad's club poker night and things like that. It can't just become this generic experience that's just trying to keep up with the big box brand down the street, right? That's part yeah. of what I mean by that on-brand message. So maybe what Dave can do is if you go on the app and most apps allow you to push messages is that once a week, he shares a link to um, a video on YouTube because you can uh, of his latest favorite blues song that he heard. And people might just enjoy that. And that may be just enough to move that digital experience to a personal connection. If that's part of what the experience is all about. That's right. Yeah. Or he's got a calendar of local events right on the homepage and you can see how he's participating in the community or whatever it might be. But, but I think it's the responsibility of businesses to think about what's that brand identity I'm building and how do I make that span that entire customer journey, whether it's digitized or not. Yeah. However, we're going we're gonna to stay with that, but think about why you still go to Starbucks for one word. Convenience. Convenience. Yeah. 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 It's well, you're e- right quicker, faster. How do you compete against that? You don't try to be more convenient. I think that's the secret. Know your lane, know what your, know what your brand is about. So Starbucks is amazing. I mean, I, I can be in any major city in the world and get up in the morning, walk out of my hotel room and probably see a Starbucks from where I walk out the front door. It, it's incredible, right? And if you don't, it's a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but, but and, and they've, they're pioneering things like the mobile ordering and things like that. So, you know, that's great. They've built a brand and an entire business model around ubiquity and convenience and consistency. You know, you're getting that same cup of coffee, whether you're in Moscow or you're in Detroit, like that's incredible, right? So that's what, that's what they've built. If your goal of the local coffee shop is to try to build that identical thing, you're going to lose. You have to build what's important to your brand and to your customer base and think about how you take that into these channels. But don't you agree that you still have to be convenient? You can't be inconvenient. You can't 
So there's a level of friction that the customer just will not tolerate. That's right. That's exactly right. So you need to be, you know, evolving your business and bringing in things that your customers are demanding and looking for and, and business moves on, right? You know, the half the fortune 500 from the year 2000 don't exist anymore. So if you think you can just stay still, um, you know, there's this great quote that most businesses don't go out of business for doing the wrong thing. They go out of business for doing the right thing for too long. So you have to evolve. You have to. Who but said that? You still need to be you. Andy McMillan. I don't, I, it's, it's a quote. I don't know who it is, but it's fantastic. I should I look it up. I love that quote. And, you know, if you look at uh, one of my favorite books, and this is why it, when I wrote one of my, I guess it might have been my second or third book, I started bringing in all these different companies into uh, using as case studies. And I realized I was writing a book. And by the time I finished writing the book, like four months later, one of the companies that I was using as a great case study was no longer there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> They'd been bought or whatever. But In Search of Excellence, which was one of my favorite books by Tom Peters back in 1983 uh, or so, when I started my business, I read this book and there were 50, I believe, or 50 some odd companies that were represented in the book as like the most excellent companies in the world. And if, you know, I would say now uh, maybe half of them are there. Uh, they might be still around, but under a different name, but some of them, they just aren't even there anymore. Because I love that. Uh, they were great at what they did and what they did that was so great. I don't know what you said. They did it too long. <laughs> yeah, they did the right thing for too long. That's right. They did the right so that's thing. where that evolution comes from. And, and I, I think that's another area we talk about listening to customers. Mm-hmm. Right? The customers knew that was happening. Right? Customers were telling Blockbuster they didn't want to pay late fees. Customers were telling Kodak they didn't want you know, Polaroids. Anymore. Like The customer will tell you these things. The hard part is getting your company to listen and getting ah. the people that are you know, inside the four walls to, to pay attention. And I think that's actually getting harder with so much digital kind of disintermediation from our customers. You know, I was talking to a neighbor of mine here who is in a direct-to-consumer medical device company. And he said their target audience is people over 60, but because they're direct-to-consumer over the web, most of the people inside the company that are building the technology are around 30 years old. It's like, so how do you build empathy and intuition about your customer if the people building the product experience literally don't come into contact with yeah. the people who and are and buying the product. And they're from a completely different generation with a yeah. set of uh, ideals and needs that's just a little different than, than a, a boomer or a traditionalist. Right. So you have to yeah. find a way to bring that customer experience, that empathy, right, to really understand what it's like to be going through the thing that causes the, the need for this medical device and to be online and to be shopping for it and understanding what their concerns are and, and their hesitations and to be building that experience, you have to find ways to kind of bring that customer into the process and watch them try to use technology to solve this problem. It's a very different problem set than we faced in business 10 or 15 years ago. So you're the leader. How often do you talk to your customers? Uh, all the time. I probably do three to four uh, one-on-one Zoom calls with executives at other companies uh, every week. We actually do customer listening sessions in our company where we'll go out and run different studies and we compile the highlight reels. And as a, as a company, we'll watch those customer experiences. And we actually bring them into both our marketing processes and our product development processes where you can actually see, you know, for example, if we're building a new feature, you can go into our uh, feature development system and you can actually watch a highlight reel of our customers giving us feedback on why that is so important as part of the development process. All right, this is a huge keeper. 
Um, and I think uh, I've been doing this show now for almost six years, every week. And this is the first time I've heard it where it's one thing to share information with everybody, but it's another thing to create a highlight video of what customers are saying. And I would imagine that's on a somewhat regular basis. It is. Yep. And it's, it's baked right into the processes around how we do things in marketing or how we do things in product development, because it's not about uh, communicating what we think or what the data tells us. It's about actually building empathy. We actually talk about how many companies think they build a great experience versus how many companies consumers say build a great experience. Right, right, it's right. Gap. It's, like a 40, gap, it's like a 40 right. percentage point gap. We actually refer to that as the empathy gap. We don't mm. think the people really think they're building a bad experience. They just don't know. They're not experiencing it through the customer. They're not experiencing it through a less technical user or somebody who comes from a different background than they do. And so our mission is to close that gap. And we believe if you just show people what the customer's experience is and where it falls short, almost all organizations will rally to fix that. But if they can't see it, if it's just a number on a dashboard somewhere, you know, we're going to take this from 17% to 20%, nobody cares. Right. But if you show a video of someone trying to use your product and they're struggling and they're frustrated and it's a bad experience, most people say, that's not the experience that I create. That's not what our company does. And they go fix it. That's the empathy gap. And you have to see it. It, it can't just be something you're, you know, statistically see or read about. I know you're a, a fan of Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, who was known to walk through the stores and really understand what customers were saying firsthand. And uh, in a sense, uh, he was walking in the customer's shoes, if you will. I always joke about, you know, walk a mile in the customer's shoes because once you're a mile away, they can't hear what you're saying about them. But, <laughs> but no, that was the goal is to, you know, uh, and I've talked about how Walt Disney used to walk into the theme parks. And by the way, he wanted to experience and see what was going on, but he also wanted employees, the cast members, to watch him, how he modeled the right behavior to the guest or picking up, you know, a piece of trash off the ground and throwing it away because he, as the the guy in charge, was was still not beyond picking up a piece of trash off the ground. I think those are great examples. And I think it highlights that disintermediation. How do you do that if the store aisles are online? How do you do that if the thing you're building is a virtual experience, mm -hmm. right? In the Disney example. So I think you have to be deliberate as a leader to say, this matters. We have to find ways to walk in our customer's shoes. We have to find ways to build empathy with the experience that they're going through, or it won't happen. You'll become this ivory tower organization that's building something that doesn't meet market demand. And those are the companies that lose in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, again, we, our customers love convenience. We talked about that. Uh, we know they want an experience where at the end they're happy and however we get them there is that's our goal. Um, we're running out of time and I know there's so much more we can talk about, uh, but I believe that really, as I listen to you, I, what's coming to my mind is like the concept of undercover boss. Okay. And that's what user testing is where it's not necessarily the CEO going undercover. It's the company kind of in effect, almost going undercover to watch and understand what that customer is doing to, to test and test to make sure they're getting the best experience. That's exactly right. And just to make one thing overtly clear, I guess, is the people who participate are called panelists. They're, they know that their screen is being recorded and they're narrating mm -hmm. their experience. But that's exactly the idea. I want to watch someone attempt to go do something, to open a checking account or to buy a coffee or whatever it might be. 
and see what that experience is like. See that person go through that experience because that's really what's going to separate companies, I think, over the next decade is those that build around that customer experience and build their brand around that in some specific way that's on brand with them. And the only way to do that is to actually engage the customer and see how they interact with that. Yep. Yep. All right. The one thing question, we're down to the end. What's one thing you'd like to leave our audience with today? I'd like to leave the audience with the idea that big data is great, but it is in no way a way to replace actually building empathy with your customer. And you actually need the customer to do that. And so our challenge for folks has been to go out and find ways to build that direct connection. We call it an empathy hour. Like we're actually quantifying the time you're spending uh, and don't just replace folks with data. Yep. I think you said it really well earlier in the show where you said you're either customer focused or data focused. At least that's the way I interpreted it. That's right. Well, no, none of us as customers want to be treated like a number. Mm-hmm. Yet how many companies do all their customer work by treating everybody like numbers? So yep. if you want to break out of that cycle, go talk to some actual customers. Amen. All right. That's Andy McMillan, the CEO of User Testing. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Andy, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Hey, we're going to be back next week with another amazing episode. So be sure to tune in. We always have some great experts, people in the trenches like Andy that are actually doing it. We have authors and consultants, everything about customer service and experience and how you can be amazing for your customers and your employees. So until we meet again, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.